welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Thank you all for tuning in to my August show. I always look forward to this every month. It's that time of month that it's just uh, brings great joy to me because it allows me month to month to reflect on the last 30 days for the theme and, and what happens and, and to share a little bit about my life that hopefully people can learn about the things I've experienced and, and lift you up and, and bring you joy and things you can apply to your life. And today's show, I'm so excited because I have two incredible people in my studio who have amazing talent, intelligence, and are actually beautiful. And, and it's too bad we're not live television because this is one of those shows that you want the visual effect of, of the beauty of our people. So you'll have to deal with our radio voices. But let me start off. I'm going to do a couple of my honorable mentions. I don't do the shout outs because that's too aggressive maybe. You know, when you shout, I don't like to shout. People think you're angry. And there's way too much shouting on regular radio and television now. So let me do a little bit of honorable mentions. I've got my friends Rita and Melvin Sorensen and Payson. Thanks for listening in. I've got uh, Gene Batchelder in Texas who's got his ranch and he's got a place in Desert Mountain. And also I'm thinking about all those people and friends and family in California who have been impacted by the fires there and losing their homes, which is tragic, especially when you think of how much a home means to us and the loss of, of the memories and also the money and everything that goes into that, that they've lost, it went up in flames. So God bless you all there, and, and I hope they, they get the help they need. So I, I think about the theme, which is home sweet home. And there's nothing as intimate as what home means to us. And I've been thinking about houses a lot and homes recently over the, the past 30 days since losing my dad last month. And since our last show, we, we buried my dad on his 94th birthday. And then my last trip to San Diego was a couple weeks ago because guess what? You, get to, you, know, you can't just die. You have to meet with an attorney, look at the paperwork, look at the estate. And one of the things that amazed me about my mom and dad, they lived in their house in San Diego for about 48 years. They bought that house in 1970. The list price of a brand new house, it was called When He Constructions, it was brand new house, $27,000 then in 1970. My dad was an enlisted master chief and he was so panicked when he heard the, the, the cost of the price of that house, he was just, I don't know how I'm gonna make the mortgage. I don't, I don't know if I can, I can ever pay this off. Well, you know, good old dad and mom were very frugal. They never used credit cards. They paid everything in cash. They saved up and they paid that off pretty fast and then in 79, Nine, uh, they bought another house as investment, which they paid off pretty fast, and then they used that as a rental, and that's been rented out since 79. So we were, my brother and sister and I, who survived my parents, were meeting with our attorney, and number one, there was no debt. My parents had zero debt. And, and you look at the assets, and I was like totally blown away, because they, they have a book called the millionaire next door, well, good, good grief. We're like, holy cow, mom and dad like, were millionaires, but you would never expect that because they're exceedingly humble and very frugal, and that's why they accumulated that amount of wealth, so to speak. And, and it was really in real estate. And I'm going to ask our, when we meet with our second guest today where they got the term real estate, you know, I always wonder, is there anything like fake estate, things like that? But so we, we looked at real estate, and, and it's almost like, gold in dirt, right, in the property, because of the value over how many years, the value of those homes that are fully paid off went up. No longer, you know, being worth 27,000, but 400, 500,000. So that was my parents' gift to us. And in a lot of ways, the symbolism was really sweet because even though our home was no longer there in the sense that mom and dad have passed and my brother and sister and I have grown up, they left for us the ability to have our own homes. My brother kept the house in which we grew up, so that became his. My sister and I will probably sell the property that mom and dad 
uh, gave us. And then from that sale, she'll pay off her house and I'll pay off mine and we each have a home. So thank you, mom and dad, for doing that. And I think also, you know, when we talk about when people pass, because there, there's a lot of articles written about how people want to leave things. And we're finding it out, out now that a lot of kids, when mom and dad leave, pass, they, they leave them stuff. And a lot of times kids go, why did they leave me this? I, I don't want this. And they don't want you to give them that. So I, I have a whole different philosophy with my kids. I said, I'm, I'm going to do what they call ski, ba ski vaca vacations, SKI. It's spending kids' inheritance. I tell my kids, you know, I'll take you to Maui every couple years. I'll pay for everything, pay for your education. And I'm going to give you your inheritance while I'm alive so you can thank me personally. I want you to do that. I don't want you to celebrate when I die. I want you to be really sad when I die because you'll be broke. I won't have anything behind there. So I, that's just a little my little philosophy about that. But I, I think back at and how much a house means to people, and especially in people in the military, because you never really have a home. You know, a house is a structure, it's where you live, but you know, what makes a place a home? And that's something we're gonna talk about today with, with our first guest. And I share a lot about my personal life because I think it, it encompasses a lot of what people experience out there, especially in the military. I bought my first house after I moved out of my parents' house and went through med school. My first husband and I bought our first house, which is a townhouse in San Diego, 1980, when I was starting my internship. And then I spent two years in Long Beach on board a ship, and we thought, oh, let's buy another piece of property, to re you know, real estate property, so we can invest, because we thought it was a good idea. So we bought a condominium in Costa Mesa, California in the 1980s. And it was always our fate, unfortunately, that we always bought high and sold low. I don't know, we just didn't have that Midas touch. So we ultimately sold that piece of property in Costa Mesa and we're kicking ourselves that we did that, but it was time to move on. So then when I uh, finished my time on board the ship, I moved back to San Diego and I bought a house, older house, three doors down from my mom and dad. It was an old fixer-upper and it was great because mom and dad are in the neighborhood. And then when I got stationed to Washington, D.C., we rented that house out until I finally sold it when I moved to Phoenix. And so during my nine years in the D.C. area, I never bought a house. We just rented because it never felt like home. It was just never a place I wanted to put down my roots. And so now I've been in Arizona 17 years, and after leaving the White House, I bought, my, my first husband and I bought a house in a lovely community. We had a swimming pool, which was really cool for my kids, and that was our first house here. And then after living in a year there, my kids said, gee, you know, my husband's spending a lot of time driving him to school, so we bought another house, an older house, closer to school. And I think a lot of times, you look at your station in life and say, okay, what fits our life now? What's gonna suit our needs in terms of a house, our kids? Because now as, as we get older, you know, you downsize. Now in my case of my son and his wife, they're increasing, they need a bigger place because they're having another baby. So you figure, where are we now in our life? What suits our needs? Because it's always, it can be constantly changing. So I see that going on. And so I, we bought that house close to the kids' school. We sold the other house we first bought. And that house that we bought near the school was where my kids graduated from high school. But it was sadly the last home we had together with my first husband and my kids. And that was really the home that I, people call the broken home. And it's interesting when there's divorce and separation, the home is broken. It's so visual. You know, you've came from a broken home. I do they even say that now. It was the old term, broken home. And so that was the home that I went through my divorce and he uh, got the house in the divorce. And as I say to women out there or anybody going through divorce, divorce is expensive because it's worth it. I know that's rather cynical, but it's, it's some of my wisdom and it's told to me. So I was a newly divorced woman and I rented a house or leased a house for a couple months until the owner said, I, I wanna sell this house. Well, I couldn't buy this house, so I was started to scramble. I said, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to rent anymore. I need to buy a house on my own as a newly divorced woman, figure out what to do. So I turned to my dear friend, Maddie Williams, and she says, my son, Dan Williams, is a realtor. And so I went to Dan, and, and he's in studio today, and he'll be our guest later today. And he helped me find this wonderful house two miles from my house, and I still have that house today. And that, that was the house of my independence. That was the newly divorced woman who was independent, signing contracts, and assuming my own debt, and paying off my own debt. So that was really cool for me to do that. 
So I still own that house, as I say, and I'll, I'll pay it off and probably give it to my kids. And then when I married again, my husband John, well, he, he likes building houses. He had built seven houses of his own over the years. So we looked up at some property and I'd never been through the process of building a house. So we went and found the land, we found the lot, and then we found a architect, an architect who my husband drove nuts because my husband's very demanding, pushes the envelope because he's built all these houses. So we built this house, then we hired an interior designer who guided me on what to do, and, and I had that experience of trying to be creative. And really, it's still not your home. It's still not your home, and, and our first guest today, we're gonna talk about what makes a home, So we about that process. So I thought of how that challenging that was for me to do that, to create a home. And, and it's always been how we all, you get a place to live, but is that a home? So I'm really fortunate today to have an incredible guest, a person who is extremely talented, creative, much accomplished, but extremely humble. And that's Jennifer Adams, who is our first guest in studio today. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that amazing introduction. I feel honored to be here with you, with all that you've created from the ground up really coming from incredibly humble beginnings into doing what you're doing now. Well, it's really remarkable. Well, thank you. You you really know all about it. And you know, when they look at your resume, it it's pretty impressive. You you really, you know, came from a life of where you had lots of challenges growing up and you were somebody who worked really hard. You even cleaned homes yes. and worked your way up to your design brand, your brand where you have a brand called Jennifer Adams Brands, and you're an award-winning designer, you're founder of your own company, your CEO, you specialize in home decor products. We've seen them at Costco. I used to see banners with your beautiful face on it and say, I know her. <laughs> and you. Uh, you know they reflect your, your particular style, your brand, which is Southern California, breezy, effortless, comfortable way to live. You're an on-air designer for HGTV, and actually I wanna thank you when my book came out, Eight years ago, you got me a television gig with one of your friends on television. At The Better Show. Yes. I was on that yeah. show for eight years, wow. and they were so excited to have you on. That's right, because you filmed in studio in New York. That was fun. Thanks and we for had doing dinner that. the night before. See, she has a great memory. That's it was a, amazing. Well, I forgot about that. Yeah, see, <laughs> well, thank you. I'm trying to return the favor if I had a television series. Maybe one day we'll bring you back on to do that and they can see uh, you know, more of the visual. But you did. You gave me that opportunity. When you have your television series, Connie, I'm going to be knocking on your door. Oh, well, without <laughs> a doubt, saying. you're, you're going to be invited. But you also host your own Amazon Prime show? I do. It's called Love Coming Home, the same title as my book. How did you, it, I want to also share the other things you've accomplished recently. Congratulations, your recent graduate, the Harvard Business School's flagship OPM program for entrepreneurs and leadership. Can you tell you. everyone what that is? Yes, so I grew up way, way in the country in a very strict religious environment. Mm -hmm. And back then we weren't actually allowed to go to school beyond high school. Now I finally realized I was blaming my parents for my lack of education when really I disregarded so many things that they told me I couldn't do. <laughs> so Good as you. an adult, when I was saying <laughs> that I regretted not going to school, I realized that's just an excuse. Yeah. I can do it now. And I found an amazing business school at Harvard that really embraces entrepreneurship. And they you have to have the qualifications of owning a company at a certain amount of revenue and mm -hmm. certain amount of business. And what they do is over the course of three calendar years, we live on campus for part of it. But most of the time, they have the work back in our own companies. So it really allowed me to get an education while still running my company and not abandoning it because they didn't when it's gone. Right, for you're too working long. full time. Yes, yeah, so it was fascinating. How many classmates uh, were in your class? 150. And, and we graduated, most of them are from all around the world. In fact, only 30% were from the US. Wow. So it's fascinating the friends that I have now. And I didn't go in to make friends. Right. I thought I have plenty of friends. Well, but I it's didn't the network. Well, Absolutely. and I didn't realize the power of the friendships. I didn't realize the depth of the friendships that I would have coming out of that program, so well, it's amazing. what you'll see in business, and again, you're a businesswoman who knows this, it's the power of connections, it's the old-fashioned Rolodex, your contacts, it's who you know, and over and over again, you'll see that. And you know, my husband went to, John went to the two-year Harvard MBA program, and really, it was those connections early on where they networked. My son Jason starts University of Minnesota MBA program, and he was really excited because today, he's, he does his first informal, quote, networking dinner, and wow. they're doing, doing a mixer. And I I said that is so important because you shake a hand, you make a contact, because you'll never know if these people come up. And I'm really blessed because 
the, the people I know and my friends, I bring you on to the radio show. I know these amazing people. And they will really make a difference in your career and the, and the ideas you come up with. Uh, but I, I think I also want to tell more that you're a recognized speaker, and this is your first book. It's called Love Coming Home, Transform Your Environment, Transform Your Life. And it's something that I dreamt about for 12 years. Oh, my. In fact, in my single days in the evenings, I would write down all my notes for it. And I ended up getting the most amazing publisher at the most incredible unexpected time so I'm so grateful that I did all that work beforehand because love coming home is really about mindfulness in your home mm -hmm. and a different way of viewing your home and my publisher is the same book same publisher that published the book The Secret. Great. So they're all about mindfulness and being present and even the power of vision boards. And I talk about the power of vision boards in your home, how to get your home environment in your now home. Whether you're renting your home, sharing your home, or you're owning your home, oftentimes we put off our now home, thinking that our next home will be the home that we'll pay attention to. But really, you have the opportunity to thrive in your home, and home is really what I believe is where your best life can begin. And many people hate their home, and they right. don't want to go home. And I had so many years where I didn't want to come home. Right. And I know the difference of being home and truly being home and loving to be home. And a lot of that, and it has to do with the relationships we have, like right. the broken homes. Right. But a lot of it also is subliminally the environment that we have that surrounds our entire being. And we'll look at it as the visual part, mm -hmm. but there's so much more that matters in your home than just the visual aspect. We have, no one knows better than you, we have five senses in our body that all matter. We, In fact, we have six senses when <laughs> you view your, your gut sense. Yeah, right. We're going to pause for a few minutes for a break, and I want everybody to come back after the break because I'm going to ask Jennifer Adams, the author of Love Coming Home, more about her book. She's going to share how to make a house a home, and so everyone needs to go out definitely and buy her book. So stand by for a break, and we'll come right back. Thank you. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. So thanks for coming back, and I hope you love coming back to this show because we have in studio Jennifer Adams, who is a design guru and author of the book Love Coming Home, which comes out, when does it come out? August 21st, but it's available right now for pre-sale at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Amazon.com. Absolutely. I want everybody to go out there. It's great for people who are planning to build a house, move into a house brand new, or renting a house, or just trying to figure out how to make a house a home. And you were describing in the first part that there are people who just aren't happy with where they live. Most people aren't, really. And everybody thinks, or not everybody, but a lot of us think that our next home will be the place that we'll put resources and time and attention to. Mm -hmm. But really, wherever you live now, even if it's a shared space or Mm -hmm. it's rented, it's your home. And it's where your best life has the potential to begin. Mm -hmm. And just because you don't own your home doesn't necessarily I mean, you don't have the right or deserve to make your home a space where you can thrive. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. I mean, I grew up way in the country, and we had no money to spend on the house whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I picked strawberries to earn money, clean houses, and my mom made every piece of furniture that came into our home to include our sofa, our draperies, painted the walls. So I know firsthand, and that's really the basis of love coming home. Mm-hmm. It's how to do it yourself. And I used to go into people's homes and do regular interior design. Mm-hmm. And I loved it, but I realized I loved the big picture part and the really giving more people the opportunity and the tools to do it. You don't have to have a designer to make your home a place where you can thrive. Design isn't magic, and it's not a magic that's it, there's a, it's a tried and true formula. So no matter what, you can do it. And a lot of us hold ourselves back because we're afraid or think we're not the creative type or that we'll go broke, but that's not actually the case. So what do you, I always, you know, I I was very honored to write the forward to your book. And one of the things I love to do, and I want to take credit for that, I want to call you the home whisperer because you really, throughout your book, you give examples and anecdotes and very practical advice to people how to convert a house into a home without breaking the bank. What kind of, can you give three pieces of advice that you give to people to make a place a home for themselves? So to start off, you have to set your intention on what you want your environment to be about. For example, do you want it to be tranquil or do you want it to be energizing? Mm. And that helps you set your color palette. So Mm. for example, if you want it tranquil, you'd go with whites, neutrals, creams, ivory. If you have a room that you want to be more energizing, let's say you want your dining room to be energizing, then you would do a completely different color palette like reds and more vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. Part of setting your intention is also how you want to use that room. Mm-hmm. And so, and how many people you want to have in the room at any one time. So that will dictate the different places to sit in the room. And it doesn't have to be a sofa or a chair for everybody. You can do a floor pillow or a seating cube, but that helps set the parameter for how you lay out your furniture. And then thirdly, who are you going to invite into that space? Mm-hmm. Is it your dog or dogs? Right, <laughs> is it your right. friends with lots of wine that they're going to spill all over the furniture? <laughs> yeah, a lot of white yeah. furniture, is right? It kids, who's, or is it just you to yeah. kick your feet up and relax? Right. That will dictate the types of fabrics that you put in the room. So you have to start by that first step, setting your intention. And then secondly, 
looking at the objects that you have in your home and clearing away, clearing away the clutter. And that's something that we all can do, but we tend to hold on to things thinking so-and-so gave me this, or I spent a lot of money on this, when they don't really bring a smile to your face being in your environment. Mm -hmm. So uh, something that I always recommend is take every single accessory that you have in your home and move it into like the hallway, get it out of mm -hmm. every single room, mm -hmm. and then invite each object back on purpose. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like it, get rid of it, give it away, donate right. it, but don't invite it back into your space. It's better to have empty space than What's nothing. Marie Kondo wrote the best-selling book, The Japanese yeah. Designer. It, it, it talks about decluttering your life, and she said, hold up each piece and ask yourself, does this bring joy? Yes. Does this, and if it doesn't, get rid of it. It's a true yeah. thing. It's hard. And then when you're looking at, like if you have the ability to remove every object from yeah. your room, to include your furniture, yeah. then you build your room with your largest pieces first. Mm -hmm. So don't go out and buy accessories first. It's so easy to want to do that, yeah. but literally buy your anchor pieces. So for example, your sofa. And then when you're trying to figure out how you're going to orient your furniture in your room, mm -hmm. you always want to start with a focal point. So just even repurposing what you already have have. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's hard to know where, how to position the furniture, but a focal point is whether it's a TV, a fireplace, a view, a piece of art. It's an object that will gather all the furniture around to make a conversation piece around that. Mm -hmm. And then once you have your sofa and like your armoire, your TV cabinet, then you layer in the smaller pieces like the mm -hmm. coffee table mm -hmm. and the end tables. And then the very last thing are the accessory items like your plants, your books. Those are the finishing touches that'll help you save a lot of money when you shop in that order for your home even if you're going to garage sales or you're getting hand-me-downs if you mm -hmm. create your room in those layers you'll have a much better look and feel you know, it's amazing one of the things you brought up is color and light so the reason why a lot of medical spaces are green or blue, what do they use there? Just to relax it's people? To make it relaxing. You know, a light matters. It's so funny. I remember when I started off as an interior designer, one of my clients said, lighting, lighting, You all you talk about is lighting. Mm -hmm. That is such a gimmick. I'm like, it absolutely is not a gimmick. Yeah. Look at when you get ready in the mirror. If the light quality isn't right, oh, yeah. or you have a can light right over your face, you can't even see your face. Well, the yeah. same thing happens to your furniture. The quality of the light matters. And the easiest way to impact that, no matter where you're living, is to make sure that all of your light bulbs, first and foremost, aren't burnt out. Because if you walk around your house, how many burnt out light bulbs can you count? Make sure all of your light bulbs match and make sure you have the right light bulb for each socket and each fixture. You'll be shocked. They, The light bulb companies design light bulbs on purpose for the right fixture. So oftentimes you'll look up at a recessed can light in the ceiling and you'll see a light bulb that's meant for a lamp. Oh. Well, all that light is going up into the light source and leaving you a really dark, shadowy space as opposed to if you have a reflector bulb up in there, which is more of a triangular-shaped mm -hmm. bulb, it brings the light down into a room. Is that it's why a, people look really bad on airplanes when you go into the bathroom of the airplane? Oh, people yes. look horrible. It's, we thought it was jet lag, right? It's not designed to keep you in there to do your makeup and <laughs> make you look your best. It's designed to get it's you horrible. in and we get We thought you it was out. jet lag. It was poor lighting. I, and it's also you're so close to that mirror. It's oh, <laughs> not a good thing. So the lighting matters, and it's so easy. I call it the five-minute makeover when you just address the light bulb you have. And then when you're looking at your color placement in your room, sometimes you'll walk into your room, a room in anyone's home, you'll be like, this just feels good. Yeah. But you don't know why. A lot of times it has to do with the color placement and the balance in the room. And you can do that on your own in your house, no matter what you have right now and it's the art of ribboning so it's taking your colors that you use and whatever accent color you have use it at least three times but move it around the room hmm. and there's an example of being on a boat and everybody comes to one side of the rowboat to look at the whale the boat is tipping, going to tip over. And a lot of people do that in their living room. They'll put all the colors of pillows right on the sofa, but nowhere else. So if you take that same color palette, like let's say you have blue pillows on your sofa and you move it directly across the room, maybe above a fireplace and have some blue in a painting or throw on an ottoman across the way and really ribbon it around. Hmm. And then there's another art of ribboning and it's bringing it to the ground level 
and then mid-level, like a ground level would be like through your area rug, or through, then the mid-level is through the accent pillows, your lampshades, your throw blankets, and then bring it up at your eye level as well. And that's really critical because wow. if you have all the co- color at the ground, right. it feels heavy. heavy. Yeah. Yes, but if you bring things up to your eye level, like for example, a tall tree to bring in the green, or your draperies, or the drapery rod, let's say it has like an iron color, and then you have an iron color down on your coffee table. Yeah. When you layer those colors, it really makes your room feel complete. Wow. Yeah. One of my friends actually brought up something because he was complaining about his wife and how many pillows are on the bed or on the sofa. Is there like some rule how many pillows you have to have? I mean, is this a girl thing, how many pillows we have to have? Less is more. And it's so easy to overload the bed or the sofa with pillows. And I will say express your unique personality through your pillows but let's say you're trying to address a bed or a sofa with your pillows Mm -hmm. I like to do bigger is better right now in terms of pillows Mm -hmm. it used to be 18 by 18 squares Mm -hmm. that's so dated now Mm. so now uh, we're going to like 24 inch squares or even 32 inch squares at times so I like to anchor the corners with two big pillows Mm -hmm. and then on one of the corners then have a second pillow right in front of that that's a small size so vary the shape and the size and then have it it look it's perfectly imperfect because you've got three and that's another good rule of thumb when you're putting your accents in which an a- decorative pillow is an accent item right use uneven numbers okay vary the shapes and sizes now if everything is the exact same shape in the exact same yeah. size it loses interest mm-hmm. but if it's all in the same color palette it can make a statement hmm. but the general rule of thumb is very the shape vary the size and if you have objects let's say you have three objects that are all the same and you want to vary them a trick to doing that is you can elevate some by putting books under one item and then maybe have one just right on the fireplace mantle or the coffee table have the second accessory up on two books and then the third accessory up on three books wow and that varies your height Right. by doing that. So you can do a lot of things. Yes. Before we go to break, I, I or to our next gra- guest, I want to ask you, when you look at all the houses you've lived in, is there a soul of a house? Can you tell if there's one particular room that it's a special place for most people, or that, is it, does that vary? Is that personal? It varies, but it's so important. And you can have that feeling in every single room of your home mm-hmm. if you follow the principles of only bringing things into your home that you love. Mm-hmm. And when dealing with your senses, that includes the sounds that you allow into the room. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have the TV on in the background at mm-hmm. all times, mm-hmm. and you don't realize how obnoxious that can be to your subconscious. So in Love Coming Home, I talk about dealing with all of your different senses in your body. And if you really follow those principles, you can feel that sense of calm and love and joy in every room. And when you walk into a room, if you don't feel it, I've got a designer's cheat sheet mm-hmm. of a checklist to go through to see some of the items that might need to be fixed. Great, great. Well. Listen, I wish we had more time with you today. We'll have to invite you back. And if we get a radio, uh, television show, definitely we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back. I know you're going to go off to California and fly off and, and do that. But I want everybody who's listening to please order a copy of Jennifer Adams' Love Coming Home. It comes out next week. You can go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon. I think even for people who have homes who think they know everything about it, you know, I always learn something new. And when I read your book, it was so easy to read. It gave very practical advice advice and it was not intimidating because a lot of us feel well I'm not a professional interior decorator I don't know but I think the whole essence is to bring joy to yourself because this is very personal individualized way and you give other ideas on how to do it without spending loads of money on it so I want to thank you so much for being here today I wish you tremendous success in your book and all the other projects you have going because I know you've got another book coming up right I do it launches February 6th well you you, you <laughs> so, don't uh, you don't take any time off I, so well, we'll I have to bring writing. you back for that Thank you. So, Thank you for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it. Well, good it. luck to you, Jennifer Adams, of Love Coming Home. And please get her book. And thank you for, for, for being on our show today. Thank you, Connie. 
Dr. Connie. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> You've earned the title. Oh, thank you. Well, you're, you know, the, the doctor of home design. So, But I want to segue over to our, our other guest today in studio who's been patiently listening and actually taking notes probably as, as Jennifer talks about it. And I'm going to give you his background before we interview him in the latter part of the show. Dan Williams has been an active member of the Arizona real estate community for over 15 years. He's my realtor. He found me a wonderful house, which became my home about, oh goodness, 10 years ago, which I still have. The name of his company is the Williams Real Estate Group. And it's and actually, he not only is an amazing realtor, a networker, but he's a philanthropist. He's donated over a million dollars to local Valley charities. It isn't just the guy making money off, you know, real estate. He donates it. He gives it away. And he's been he's helped so many charities through his work. He raised contributions to help these groups. He works with the Valley's top physicians and major league athletes. And Dan has a background in baseball which we'll hear about as well. So he's been an amazing guy, a very incredible realtor, and I want to welcome him today to our show. Hi, Danny. Welcome for being here today. Dr. Connie, this is an honor, and uh, I'll let you know the first thing I'm going to do is buy this book because I'm sitting here in this seat. I feel guilty. <laughs> We've owned our home now for three years, right. and there truly is a difference between owning a house and having a home. And, uh, you know, I live day-to-day, you know, putting people into their dream homes. And it's so easy to have a year or two slip past and you realize certain walls don't even have pictures on them yet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe you have to take a page out of my little 11-year-old daughter's, uh, you know, book because she has made her side of the home a home. Wow, good for (laughs) her. A lot of that has to do with we got a new dog and, uh, you know, we we have all the little imperfections over there. I think that's one of the things that makes a house a home, the imperfections. That well, are, maybe you can, you know, order copies of Jennifer's book and then give it, you hand them out to your clients. And uh, so I'm doing that as a commercial break. You know, hang in there. We're going to pause for a quick break. We'll come back. And I want to finish the show with, I've got questions about what you do as a realtor, how you find the right house and help your clients and some of the things that you want people to know about real estate business and really finding the perfect home. So stay tuned for a little break and we'll be back with Dr. Connie on House Calls interviewing Dan Williams of Williams Real Estate. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. We all have unique experiences and outlooks when it comes to leadership and team building, yet sometimes we clash, even when trying to achieve the exact same goals. Check out Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. Your host is Dr. Cass Henry. A shared journey equals success, and every human interaction has the power to achieve this success by working together. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back. We're rounding up our final session of our show today about about Home Sweet Home and the topics about houses and homes. And I've got Dan Williams, who's a dear friend of ours, friend of the family, and also, also my realtor, who helped me find the house that I still own uh, after my divorce. I love that house. I don't plan to sell it yet. And if I do, I'm going to call you. But we are talking about the business of real estate. In fact, it, it struck me, in the word real estate, is there any fake estate? I mean, how... First of all, where does that term come from with houses? I mean, rather than a house seller, right? Has your daughter Lucy ever asked, Daddy, what, what's a realtor? In fact, what were you saying about realtors? Well, to answer the first question, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but uh, real estate, the term, I believe, dates back to the 1660s, English, and uh, obviously meaning true and tangible, physical in front of you. And uh, there is fake estate, too. Hmm. I mean, if the human can think it, it can... Uh, you know, come to life. Like fake news? Well, <laughs> well, let me give you an example. Okay. Uh, with all the use of the internet these days, right. um, here would be a use of the word fake estate. Um, I don't want to name certain websites because right. I just wouldn't want to, but, you know, people will post uh, vacation homes and, uh, you know, whether uh, they're just renting for a weekend or a week, you know, they're scams where people will post pictures of these and it doesn't and, exist and yeah when oh. you're going out somewhere else it's not like you're going to fly out there first right see that it's there so yeah. what will happen is you know they'll mail out a deposit right you know a cashier's check oh. for you know maybe five hundred twelve hundred dollars to hold it and then they show up to this property of which somebody has no idea they're coming so warning to listeners do ne- never buy anything on the internet that's quote real estate if you're going to buy something, you got to see the dirt. You got to see the house, right? Well, know the provider. Know, of the, know the person doing the, that of the real estate, uh, you know, rentals. Uh, there's a lot of reputable ones out there, Airbnb, VRBO. But uh, so you, you know. know that. So how did how did you become a realtor? What you, made you go? You know into what? It? it was kind of a backwards plan to come into it. Uh, I was in medical sales prior to this, and I had met um, you know so many wonderful physicians and. What got me into real estate was actually the more of the philanthropic side. I was involved in a few different charities, one of which uh, was run by Dr. Charles Finch out of what used to be Scassa Healthcare, now Honor Healthcare. And he had the bad news of having to go out and break, you know, horrible stories to, Mm -hmm. you know, families that are waiting. And so he started a bereavement camp for children Mm -hmm. that have either lost a parent or a sibling camp pause right pause yeah right and uh you know i got involved with that i was 26 27 and it just kind of grabbed me and uh, you know at that time with the medical sales uh, i just knew i didn't want to start flying all over the country i kind of uh i I love my state i love my family Mm -hmm. and you know i started thinking of ways how can i raise money for children's charities and real estate really, I had no true interest in it, but one of my buddies from my baseball past that I grew up with said, hey, listen, I'm you know thinking about buying some land or a big home. Maybe you should get a real estate license. And boom, the light bulb came on. And so it wasn't so much real estate that brought me into the passion play on that. It was the children's charities. And I was thinking, wow, you know, I could donate a portion of each one of these commissions and you know i'm used to making little money so if i happen to have a good year and you know i'll just you know put a percentage aside Mm -hmm. and it kind of grew much faster than my wildest dreams and great uh, you know inside of uh 
you know, a couple of years, I'd hit a hundred thousand dollar mark in donations, and wow. you know, then we, you know, tried to, uh, you know, get bigger, better, faster, start a company with it, uh, attract seventy five agents, and sometimes you kind of lose vision with all that. Mm. And uh, for you know, my better half and partner, Tree Farm, who is you know the backbone of what we do, mm. um, you know, we decided at that point what we would uh, do is merge our company and just go back to the sales side of it. We loved working with clients. And though we loved all of our agents when we were there, mm-hmm. we realized we weren't spending any time with the kids. You know, mm-hmm. we were kissing uh, the kids goodbye in the morning. Their eyes are closed and getting home, yeah. you know, at night and their eyes are closed yeah, again. Yeah, it takes a lot of your time. How do clients find you? Well, believe it or not, uh, you know, you won't find us on any uh, yeah, you you know, park bench or yeah. on any billboard. It's always referral. And, you know, we're very honored and pleased with the return we get on that because I think a referral is always, I would say, the best compliment. Mm -hmm. And we know the people that we've worked with. We've had the pleasure of working with clients like you, Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful executive physicians. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've worked with a lot of different hospitals, Mm -hmm. relocating families in. And Mm -hmm. that, to me, is always such a fun project because they can come from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we have so many folks that, you know, Mayo Clinic is huge. Mm -hmm. And so we get a lot of folks in from Rochester. And, you know, some of the biggest obstacles that you come across is setting an expectation. Because if you're coming from Rochester, it's a whole different environment. Right. And right. a lot of physicians, they always want to be close to their hospital, their facility, because whether they're on call or have to be brought in on emergency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they always say, we want to be within five minutes of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Here's what we have now. We have about 4,000 square feet. It sits on four acres. We got wooded background. <laughs> and, you know, already my mind's racing like, okay, well, that just doesn't even exist in the valley. Wow, and, really? Uh, so it, it's always wow. neat to bring them in, start doing what I call the loop, you know, right. showing them, okay, well, here's a five-minute radius. And okay. so then they have to realize, okay, let's make that a 15-minute radius. And then we're able to, you know, start... N- narrowing it down. Narrowing it How down. much time do you spend with a new client? It all depends. Really? It, you know, sometimes we get a client that... I take out one time. We have these uh, wonderful clients that we had lunch with yesterday. They had flown in from California. He's thinking about moving his business out here, but he wanted to buy a piece of property. Mm -hmm. And so he brought his lovely wife out and, you know, they had, you know, a few set of things that they wanted to stay within. Mm -hmm. And sending them homes is one thing you know the internet does such a good job of Mm -hmm. painting the picture for them on okay we like these finishes Mm -hmm. we like this but they don't really know where in the valley that Mm -hmm. lies until you get there and you drive down the major roads and you see how the Mm -hmm. traffic patterns are going to affect what they're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and so once they land here and they see you know just the different areas because you know you could be in one part of town like Arcadia, which is close by to right here where we're at the studios. And I could put you in the middle of Arcadia right now, and you'd think possibly you're anywhere in America because you see pine trees. Right, you the see trees all these and homes. Overgrown and foliage. Sure. And most people, when they come to Arizona, think of the Roadrunner. Right. You know, you're going to have the tumbleweed so coming across. Cactus, and, yeah. right? Sure. So, um, there's something for everybody here. There's other, you know, as you make your way up Scottsdale, I mean, all four parts of the valley, I always call it the, uh, you know, I split it up into a four section. You got the northeast, the southeast, the southwest, and the northwest, and they all have something wonderful to offer. It's just a matter of how much commute do they Mm want to have. Some folks come in, and they're like, yeah, I'm from New York. I'm used to an hour and a half commute, and I, you know, commute three miles. So you really have to spend your time sort of sensing them what they want, reading them. So how do you know when you've made a sale? You know what? It's normally they have to look at a few homes, and, uh, you know, we do a good job of being able to narrow down, you know, mm-hmm. take the intel of, okay, these three homes, they didn't like this, they didn't like these colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to get away from multiple levels, so we know we're in the ranch-styled homes. But you can just tell there's uh, a slight magic that happens where, whether it's the wife or the husband, they're like, this is it. So who usually makes that decision? 
Uh, it's, <laughs> it's normally the wife. That's so do you pitch mostly to her or no? Or you just sort of, you work with both of them, right? To be honest with you, I'm a glorified tour guide. <laughs> I love meeting new people, taking them around, yeah. and the homes sell themselves. Uh, we yeah. probably spend more time talking them out of homes. Really? Well, Why we, do you talk somebody out of it? What, what, what kind of situations? Well, we always got to look at you know, the backbones of the home, yeah. you know, the you age of the home, what's important to the client is, you know, we don't want a lot of maintenance. I have a lot of physicians that come in and they're like, no, I just want something turnkey. Mm -hmm. And so even though you can go into a home and it looks perfectly mm -hmm. normal, mm -hmm. you look at the age of the home. And mm -hmm. let's just say this home is only 18 years old. Mm -hmm. It seems like, okay, it's a newer home here in the Valley, but you got to look at the fact that the air conditioners are probably on their last leg roof is now starting to come apart. So you look at possibly twenty to $25,000, that's gonna be thrown on top of this, which is maintenance, but they're not looking to sign up for that. So yeah. there are a lot of hidden things that go Did into. you bring to mind to them, right? Yeah, and so when they look at that, they like, okay, well, th that makes sense. And then you can find a home that was built, let's just say in the late 60s, that everything now has been redone. Right. And right. so you have that stigma of, wow, well, this home's 50 years old, but everything's brand new. Mm -hmm. So, and there's such a transition. People are, you know, they love these cute homes that, you know, you can put the little, you know, barn, you know, sink and, you know, have the apron and it's it's such a... Well, I, I look at your experience. I mean, you know, we're talking about moving close to our parents. You, you bought a house in a beautiful part of town, like three doors down from your mom and dad who've lived in their home. How many years have they lived in their home? They've lived in their home for 30 years now. Right, so you were fortunate to buy the house three doors down and you're rebuilding. Are you the one doing all the renovation? You and your dad are doing that? We, we've done a lot. Uh, I used to play in this house when I was a kid. Amazing. Uh, the family we bought it from is just a wonderful family. Yeah. Um, you know, my brother was very good friends with their oldest son. Sure. And when this home came on, well, it was just coming on the market. My parents didn't even know. They were away in Hawaii. <laughs> and so we'd purchased this home and started ripping everything out. So by the time they came home from Hawaii, there was nothing but dumpsters outside and filling. And you know, that was a unique phone call. Wow. But, Somebody's uh, moving into that house. But I don't know. Uh, so you're, are you done yet with uh, fixing everything up? And is it there yet? Almost. Uh, my midlife crisis is <laughs> I'm building a wiffle ball stadium in oh, the backyard. We have a lot of property back there. It's, uh, we got a unique size lot that a wiffle ball stadium does fit. But we just got the pool done. I'm building a fourth car garage in the back that's kind of a shed. Wow. And it's a passion play for man, my dad. Man who, cave. Yeah. Uh, he's got this old uh, 1970 charger that uh, he needs just a little bit more room to tool around <laughs> with. But, you know, we love it. I mean, I'm a sucker for older homes that need renovation. Yeah. My dad said, you know, this is the last one, Dad, because he Aww. has helped me on every single one. And I, I kind of love that aspect of it. Well, you work together. But so do you love your home now? I do. Uh, I love what it's turning into, and uh, we're almost there. I would say we're 95% of the way there. I, I just need to bring Jennifer in to uh, finish. I know, uh, Jennifer Adams with Love Coming Home. But So if I had to go buy some property again, what would you advise me to do? Quite honestly, uh, the way that our valley is growing, mm -hmm. I would almost say try to stay now within the 101 loop and the 51 because as our population continues to grow, you know, Camelback Mountain, mm -hmm. that kind of is our ocean. Right, you know, We don't right. have, I, even though I look at some of these price per square foot going on in mm -hmm. Arcadia and such a lovely neighborhood in Paradise Valley around there, I scratch my head. I'm like, okay, where's the ocean? I mean, this is <laughs> a lot of... I know, know it's a lot of thing. So I'm going to sign off pretty soon because this has been a fabulous show. You and I can probably do another show in the future about your, what your projects have been. So I want to thank you, Dan Williams from Williams Realty for being on the show today and telling us about the, the details about what it means to be a real estate agent. I know you're successful. You've helped so many people. So thank you for being on our show. And I want to thank the guests for listening in again and come back next month to Dr. Connie's House Calls. Good night. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.